0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. wa al-Kareem. Amma ba'da. Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 30th of November in the year 2023. And alhamdulillah, we've completed the fourth week, the 28th night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abu Hurairah. And I'm certainly going through the section in which I'm highlighting his unparalleled knowledge of the sacred hadith and the respected authorities queening him in this regard. And the last thing I mentioned was the report in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Sayyid, where a man approached Abu Hurairah when he was doing tawaf. And asked, Are you the one who told people not to fast on Fridays? And he responded, No, by the Lord of the Kaaba. Rather, Rasulullah forbade this. So if you look at this singular Sahih report, it seems to indicate that you are not allowed to fast or single out Friday. In fact, in a more famous report, of the authority of Abu Huraira again, he heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, None of you must fast on Friday, except that he has fasted a day prior to it, or will fast on the day following it. This is in Sayyih Bukhari, number 1,985, Sayyid Muslim number 1144, Abu Dawood number 2420, Tirmidhi number 743, Ibn Majah number 1723, Ahmad in his Musnad 2 458, Mishkat number 2052. So, again, confirming the report from the Prophet that you shouldn't isolate Friday unless you fast a day before or after it as well. So, here there's a ruling. So, Sheikh Nawab Qutbuddin Khan Dahlubi Rahmatullah in his commentary of Mishkat Mazair Haq, number 2052, he commented The Hanafis, Allah do not say it is makruh dislike to fast on Friday alone. Fatawa Alamgiri states it is allowed to do so. And Dulli Mukhtar goes as far as to call it mustahab, recommended. They cite the hadith of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Perhaps it is the abrogator of all these hadith which mention that fasting on Friday is not allowed. So, this is the quote. So, if you look at the hadith Sahih, it seems to be clear that you can't fast on Friday alone. But the Hanafis, in their respected works of authority, they state not only it is not disliked. It is recommended And they and the Shaykh said There's a hadith of Ibn Mas'ud And that seems to be abrogating all of these hadiths So which hadith was he referring to? The hadith the respected Shaykh was referring to Was the following Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud He said Qaana rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam Yasubun min Gharati kulli shahri Falathata ayyam the Messenger of Allah used to fast on the first three days of the month, I sometimes. yut And seldom did he not fast on a Friday. This is in Nasa'i, number 2368, Abu Dawood, number 2450, Dharmadi, number 742, Ahmad in his Musnad 1-406 Mishkat number 2058 So the Hanafis Rahimullah They look at this report And Ibn Mas'ud obviously Who was the scholar Amongst the companions He mentioned that Rasulullah fasted three days On the month And then he said الجمعة, And seldom did he not fast On a Friday Meaning he would Look for Fridays. he fast on Fridays. So this hadith seems to contradict all the sahih hadiths. So the Hanafi state, no. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud being an, uh, a faqih, he's given you the last thing which the Prophet did. And he, he singled out Fridays. He, he looked out for Fridays. So the Hanafi state, this is perhaps the abrogator of all the previous reports. So this is why it's so important to give the rulings to the scholars. If you go to the Hadith, you don't know when the Prophet said certain words. Did he say it early? Did he say it to an individual? Did he say it to a people? Has he been obligated? And a person who doesn't know any of that, why are you giving a ruling? So note again, inshallah there should be a problem if you single out Friday. However, to clear the doubt... You should try to keep a fuss with it, either Thursday or the Saturday day after. And of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was blessed. So now who was that person who was querying Abu Huraira when he was doing tawaf? The inquirer was thus probably a person from Iraq. So why do I say that? Abu Razin said, I once saw Sayyidina Abu Huraira striking his forehead with his hand and saying, Ya Ahlal Iraq, Antum Tazumuna Anni Akvibu Ala Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Liyakuna Lakumul Mahna'u al Ithm. O oh, people of Iraq, do you claim that I would lie against Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so that it may be more convenient for you and a sin upon me? I bear witness, I heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if a dog licks the vessel of any one of you, then let him wash it seven times. Mm -hmm. This is recorded in Ibn Majan number 363 in the chapter on purification, but it has a weakness in the chain of transmission. So look how interesting. Abu Hurairah is striking his head. So why is he striking his head? Like in shock. And who does he single out? In terms of those who are grieving him. The people of Iraq. <laughs> Not the people of Iraq, you know, a troubled place. He goes, Ya Ahl al-Iraq. Yeah. Do you claim that I would lie against Rasulullah? Yeah. So it's convenient for you and a sin upon me. Now look how interesting. Then he mentioned the hadith. Yeah. Now why did he narrate this hadith after that? Because... It's a hadith that people query. If a dog licks the vessel of any one of you, wash it seven times. So why is that strange? Because normally you wash things three times. Where does seven come from? So he did it deliberately. He quoted the hadith to say, "Look, if you got a problem, have a problem with that hadith as well." So note the people of Iraq, and this is why Imam Abu Hanifa would be very, very careful when acquiring the hadith. He wanted to make sure that the hadith was authentic. In another report, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mughaffal had related, that our beloved messenger added, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and rub it the eighth time with dust. This is in Sahih Muslim, number 208, Ibn Imaj, number 365, Sahih in the chapter on purification. So in the previous report, it mentions if a dog licks the vessel of any of you, wash it seven times. In this Sahih edition, it mentions the eight times get some dust and wipe the plate or the vessel with dust. So now we don't need to know the wisdom because the Prophet said it. But they've discovered something which shows that he's Rasulullah. So the dog it doesn't have sweat pores, it can't sweat. So, what is the function of sweat glands? Is to cool the body. So, when you sweat, your body starts cooling down. So, if the dog cannot sweat, it will overheat. So, how does it release the heat from his body? Two ways. It does it by panting. So, he opens his mouth and he gets his tongue out. And he'll start making that noise. <laughs> right? That's the panting of the dog. Also, from the soles of its feet, it lets out some heat. So this is the physiology of the dog Now with that in place what else have they discovered? You go to the vet the veterinarian and you ask him a simple question you say should we keep dogs within the dwelling? And if they know what they're talking about they'll say I wouldn't recommend it you ask them why? Mm. They say because the dog's saliva contains great bacteria. Mm. You ask them why? Mm. Because because he can't sweat. So when the dog is panting, it attracts bacteria, yeah. severe bacteria. Mm. If it starts licking things, it passes that bacteria on. Mm. So this is all you know, common knowledge to the veterinarians. So then you say, all right. So should a dog sleep with you in the bed? <laughs> they go, oh my God. Because go, I've just told you. Don't even keep it in the house. Then he goes, okay. What if I give it a vessel from something to eat from a vessel? What would you suggest? And then say, wash it. He goes, okay. How should I wash it? goes, give it a good clean. You ask. So if I washed it seven times, do you think I would cover it? And they're probably not their heads, yeah. Like, then you say, but there's something you're missing. Mm. Because what you should get some dust and put some dust over the vessel as well. That's not his field. He will look at that and he'll say, "What are you talking about?" Mm. You now have to go to another, you know, part of the sciences. Over seventy commercial antibiotics come from the earth. Mm. Dust, the earth has got natural antibiotics. Mm. So what did the Prophet say? He said, Rub it the eighth <laughs> time with dust. So let me ask you a question. Over 1,400 years ago, who knew this about dogs? Right? And who knew this about antibiotics and dirt? Well, Muslims are sleeping. Right? So when you quote hadith, you quote, That's why Abu Huraira quoted the hadith. He knew they didn't understand it. He goes, I bear witness, I heard Rasulullah say, if a dog licks the vessel of any one of you, let him wash it seven times. Mm. So look how interesting, Abu Hareda has Iman. You know, obviously the science he didn't know. Mm. Because I'm relating to you from the Prophet, whether you understand me or not, that's your problem. Mm. Now when science has caught up with it, people say, oh, that's true. But why are you waiting for science? Mm. Is science your God? Mm. Right, so note again here, whenever the Prophet relates, 100% 100% true. Yeah. And again, you can use that for you know, Pass that to non-Muslims. Say, explain that. You say he's an imposter. Where is he getting this knowledge from? And don't forget, I mentioned cats. Mm. And notice the commands for the cats are different. They're pure. They're pure. Why? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. The Prophet knew about cats. Why is the messenger of Allah? All he said was, don't drink from the remains of a cat. Yeah. Because it's, because it's, dis, um, it's disliked. Yeah. Why? Because when the cat laps up water, it's a clean animal, but it cleans itself with its tongue. And the cleaning it does is in all of the body parts. So it's highly advisable for you to drink that water, but the water is pure to use in the sense of wudu. It's not again the perfection of the shariateenah, you know, subhanallah. In a slightly different report, Abu Razin also said, Rahmatullah. Sayyidina Abu Huraira once came out to us and put his hand on his forehead and he said "Allah <laughs> Do you not say to one another that I am lying about Rasulullah so that you will be guided whilst I go astray. I bear witness I heard Rasulullah say sallallahu so إِذَنْ قَطَعَ shiz أَحَدِكُمْ فَلَا fala yamshi fil حَتَّى hatta If the sandal strap of one of you breaks, then let him not walk in the other until he has fixed it. This is in Sahih Bukhari. Bukhari is Allah Dabal Mufrad, number 956. Sahih Muslim is his Sahih number 5497 to 8 in the chapter on clothing and adornment. Ahmad in his Muslim so again note he's getting upset he's put his hand on his head again and who, what does he say he goes do you not am I not hearing this That <laughs> you're saying that Abu Hurairah is lying about Rasulullah That Allah <laughs> then he mentioned another hadith as if you say for thine your pipe and smokey so what did he say because I heard the Prophet <laughs> say if the sandal strap of one of you breaks let him not walk in the other until he has fixed it <laughs> Meaning, don't walk with a broken sandal. And one is, he goes, walk with both. So obviously, you know, s- simple logic here is, is an imbalance. You could harm your foot, you can twist your ankle, you can harm your Achilles tendon. So again, even that, he says, I've heard from the Prophet وسلم, whether you believe it or not. So note, he would get, sometimes get frustrated with people. He was saying, you know, what's this I'm hearing? that You're saying that I'm lying about the Prophet ﷺ. And also, in Darimi in his Sunnah, number 439, Imam Sayyuti in his Miftah al Jannah fil Ihtijaj bil Sunnah, page 116 of the New English Translation, Al Ajlan, Rahmatullah Ali, he relates that Abu Huraira said that our beloved Messenger said, There was a person who walked with pride because of his fine garments and being well pleased with his person. Upon which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the earth swallow him. And he will continue sinking until the day of resurrection. Mm. Upon hearing this, a young man found this hard to believe. He asked Abu Huraira radiyallahu, did he walk like this? And he acted like him whilst doing so. Mm. At that moment he stumbled and he fell, almost breaking a bone in the process. Upon this Abu Huraira recited, Surah Al-Hijr, surah 15, verse 95. Audhi billahi min Inna shaytani r-rejim. Law. Sufficient are we. For you against those who ridicule. <laughs> so now what's happened? <laughs> He's quoted a very famous hadith. And the Prophet famously mentioned, Sallallahu alayhi that a person was wearing fine garments And he was walking with pride. Allah made him sink into the earth and he will continue sinking until the day of resurrection. So, look how interesting. Another one of those people. A young man then, you know, he found it hard to believe. So, he mocked Abu Hurairah. Because, did he walk like this? When he did that, he tripped and he almost broke a bone, meaning something cracked. But fortunately, he didn't break anything. So, what did Abu Hurairah then say? Lo sufficient are we for you against those who ridicule? <laughs> so he's thinking, okay, you're you're mocking because this verse applies to you. And what does the verse say? Eh? Allah is sufficient for Rasulullah against those who mock him. It's revealed about the Prophet, but because he was relating hadith about the Prophet, because you're mocking the Prophet, he goes, look how quickly Allah took you to task. <laughs> So note again, what's happening? People were questioning him. Because what's this? He goes, what? where did you hear this from? Mm-hmm. Indeed, due to the constant ignorant pestering, it would naturally sometimes lead to the anger of this nobleman. So thus far, I haven't mentioned his anger. He was very soft, you know, you know very, you know, humorous person. But obviously, there's an end to a person's tether. So... Here's an example. In Sahih Bukhari, number 1223, Abu Huraira himself, said, people say I narrate too many ahadith of Rasulullah, yet, once I met a man and I asked him, which surah did Rasulullah decide yesterday in the Isha Salat? The man replied, I don't know. I thereupon asked, did you not attend the Isha Salat? He said, yes. I replied, I know, I have not forgotten. He recited such and such a surat. So now what's happening? He said, people are saying, I'm narrating too many hadiths. And then he goes, I met a man, and that man must have been one of them. He said, which surat did Rasulullah recite yesterday in Isha? So this must have been Fajr the next day. The man goes, he thought about it. He's like, I don't know. He goes, didn't you attend the Salat? He goes, no. He said, yes. Abu Huraira goes, I know. He recited this and this Surat. So what was he doing there? What was Abu Huraira showing there? Radi Allah. Just talk about memory, you can't remember what, what Prophet ﷺ read in Fajr time. And yet, I can't remember. Isha. Sorry, Isha and Namaz. I can remember everything that it So let me put you on the spot. You just played Isha. What did the Imam decide in Isha? So the Juma was Allah. Saved by <laughs> Tariq. Think about that. Okay. You learned too many hadiths what did the Imam decide in Isha? You don't even know that. That's what he did to that person. He just humiliated him because what what what's you know, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Those Abu Huraira radiyalam who was highlighting to the man to concentrate on his own salah and stop bothering him. Why? For he could not remember yesterday's surahs which Rasulullah had recited in sadhat. And you have the audacity to question me with regards to my memory. Think about this. He was angry now. And he's saying, he goes, Think about that. You know, look how. Look at your own stay. And you're questioning me. And then he told him just in case he thought he might have forgot. I'll tell you what he recited. And don't forget, the Prophet didn't recite, you know, <laughs> He might have recited in a certain part of the Quran. He mentioned exactly the verses. He recited this and he recited that. And as if he was saying, Stop bothering me. <laughs> Stop talking about me. Right? Because you, you know, and it's true, you know, people who do question Abu Hurairah, who the hell are they? <laughs> you know, if you think about that. You know, I don't trust Abu Hurair, and You look at the guy, well. I think you're a kutah. You call me a dog? Well, you're finding fault with sahabah. So yeah, I think you're a dog. In fact, I'm being respectful when I call you that. Look how angry he gets. Well, when I'm talking about you, you get hot under the collar. When you talk about a sahabah, it's nothing. Right? So really, there's the problem. People finding fault with companions, imagine. As if they're walking saints. And even if they were saints, they're still dogs. If they talk about sahabah. In another most informative report, it is mentioned. Imam Ahmad once saw the Prophet in a dream, and he asked, Ya Rasulullah, is all that Abu Harera relates from you true? Rasulullah responded, Yes indeed. Recorded by Hafiz Ibn Abi Ya'la, in his tabaqat al Hanabila 1-268. So let's look at this. So Imam Ahmad, if you don't know who he is, then put your bags up, right? So he had a dream, and he saw the Prophet in his dream which is, you know, quite common for the holy So he asked him, look how interesting, even Imam Ahmad asked him. And how many hadith did he know by heart? According to one uh, narrative, two million. He goes, Ya Rasulullah, is all Abu Hurairah relates from you true? Now he was in a position to ask that because he's got so many of those hadiths. So he's thinking, Ya Rasulullah, is it true? The Prophet didn't even hesitate. He goes, yes. So, that also shows even the righteous. Now, what's interesting, he didn't say that openly. This was in a dream. Right? Why? Because you don't start talking like this openly. Because people might misunderstand. He goes, even Imam Ahmad doubts him. And the response is, no, he didn't doubt. He just wanted confirmation. He goes, who better than the Rasulullah? And the Prophet goes, he certainly narrates everything from me. And no, the Prophet didn't say certain things. He's made an error. He didn't say that. That allowed it. Abu, like I mentioned again, with regards to Abu Huraira radhiyallahu, there was one companion radhiyallahu who narrated more, and that was Abdullah ibn Amr radhiyallahu. Why? Abu Huraira himself said radhiyallahu, there was no one more knowledgeable than I with regards to the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam, except for Abdullah ibn Amr radhiyallahu, as he would write the hadith of Rasulullah and memorize it sallallahu alayhi sallam. But I thought it sufficient to memorize it only, I would not write it. He asked Rasulullah for permission to write, وسلم, and he granted him. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 9,321, with a Sayyidjan of Transmission, Behaki in his Mudkhal and Fattal Bay. So Abu Huraira praised the companion. He praised Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, he goes, he has more knowledge than I of Hadith. Why? He goes, because he not only memorized, he wrote the Hadith. But I found it sufficient to memorize. He goes, he got permission for Rasulullah for this. So now what's interesting? Then why does Abu Harid and narrate more? And I mentioned this before. The reason was Abdullah ibn Amr moved to Egypt. with So he was on the fringe of the Islamic world. Abu Huraira remained in Al-Madinah. So people were coming all over the world to see him. So he was actually starting narrating more. But he still gave honor to Abdullah ibn Amr. Another reason that the scholars point out is Abdullah ibn Amr's propensity for worship is one of the reasons why he reported less than Abu Huraira. And of course he migrated to Egypt and he resided there. So Abdullah ibn Amr, just to add this to finish he, his worship was of another level. He would recite the entire Quran every day. He would pray the Hajj all night and he fasted every day. <laughs> so Abdullah ibn Amr, he got married. His father got him married. So what's his poor wife going to do? <laughs> right? Imagine, right? he's fasting all day, praying all night, reciting Quran. <laughs> so his wife very intelligently comes to her father-in-law Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu, and she said to her father-in-law, you've married me to a very righteous man. So he's the fox of the Arabs. He got it straight away. We wouldn't, we said, Jazakallah khair. Thank you, what a great daughter-in-law you are, right? So he went straight to his sons. what are you doing? He goes, father was up. So, he goes, you better stop this worship. He goes, why are you asking me to stop worship? This is, I'm worshiping my Lord. So then he went to the Prophet, Sallallahu <laughs> Alaihi Wasallam. He goes, Ya Rasulullah, my son's doing this and that. So the Prophet calls Abdullah ibn Amr عنك, and then he started negotiating. <laughs> the Prophet said, do you recite the Quran every day? The whole Quran? He goes, yes. He goes, recite it. And he said, recite it in a month. He's said, I can do more than that. He goes, recite like, it in 10 days. I can do more than that. He goes, like, 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 recite it in... And then he went down to seven days, I believe. Or three days. He said, don't do it any less than that. <laughs> Then he goes, you're fasting. He goes, fast three days every month. He goes, I can do more than that. Mm-hmm. So he started negotiating. The Prophet said, one day on, one day off. Like Dawud alayhi salatu Because his fast is the greatest. Then he says, tahajjud. He goes, play a part of the night. He goes, I can do more than that. And then he was reduced. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said to Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. Your body has got lights over you. Your wife has got lights over you and others have got lights over you, give each their rights. And later on in his old age, Abdullah ibn Amr, عنهم, I said, I wish I had made t- taken the easy things which the Prophet mentioned, because I've run all now. Because, so now, why have I mentioned that in Imam Ahmad's Muslim sayyid hadith, that was another reason people didn't hear hadith from him. Because if a person's obsessed with worship, you're not going to see him. So when people say, I'm a bit confused, the sayyid hadith from Abu Huraira in Ahmad says, Abdullah ibn Amr, Knows more than me with regards to Hadith, and yeah, why don't we hear his name frequently? It's a good question, and the response is you need to know his life, and because of what happened to him, this is why not much in terms as compared to Abu Hurairah are narrated from him. So all I mentioned again was it seems like an unending subsection, but the people's querying Abu Hurairah, and the reason I'm going through this at length is because this is a favorite pastime of the non-Muslims. They target the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam, And of course, by doing so, they attack in Abu Hurairah. And their wisdom is but obvious, if they can make you lose trust in Abu Hurairah, your entire deen is lost. That's what they're really after. They're not bothered about Abu Hurairah. So you need to know about it. Look how pivotal he, and he is to our deen, not just our iman, our entire deen. This is the status of certain companions, but he was the gateway to the Prophet Wasallam. And this is nothing new. This is all this happened in the time of Abu Harare himself. Mm. So when they start attacking him, you say, Oh, this is an old game. This is an old game. You know, this has happened in his time, and he was sometimes joyously taken away, sometimes getting a bit angry, sometimes this and that. It goes, nothing new. <laughs> You've reinvented the wheel. But when you actually go into the hadith, you realize he's saying nothing but the truth. Allah. Are there any questions, Vilata? سبحان ابي حمد بسمك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك ورب سبحان ربي من عزته يما يسفون نسال من العسلين الحمد الله الرحمن الرحيم من